who is the most famous father about whom we know practically nothing? <laughs> I think he's probably the most famous human father. I'll give you a hint. His wife's name was Mary. And the question is, how can we as men get into the mind of a man about whom we know very little? <laughs> who experienced things that we will never experience, and who lived in a culture so very different than ours. So if you listen to this short story, born of my imagination, that it might just help. It was written from the viewpoint of a first century servant in a Jewish household. Joseph was a friend. True, he was first a business acquaintance, but he never seemed like the other businessman. He was a neighbor and a friend, but as a successful carpenter, he could have been aloof to the servants like all the others, but he wasn't. In fact, he had become a close friend to Gehaliel. They didn't have many friends, Joseph and Mary. Gehaliel always had thought it was because of their oldest son. Wow. Not so much because of him, but because of all that had happened when he was born. Although it had happened far away in Bethlehem, everyone talked about it. Joseph had had to go down there when the Romans decided they hadn't taxed the poor Jews enough. Mary was already well along in her first pregnancy, and that was the start of the problem. They had not had a wedding. There was sure a lot of talk about that. And then... And then all that had happened when he was born. First, the reports from the shepherds about angels making those amazing statements. Then later the Magi came from the east and gave him gifts. Everyone heard about that. Everyone, including that horrible Herod. At first, Gehaliel thought the boy must have been killed with all the others. In fact, he feared Joseph must have been as well since no one saw them for years. Then all of a sudden, they show up back here in Nazareth with plenty of money to buy a good place and set up shop and home for their growing family. They had been in Egypt. Who would have ever thought it? The strangest conversation that Gehaliel had ever had was with Joseph. It was not long after Jesus went to his first Passover. There had been some mix-up, and Joseph and Mary had had to go back to Jerusalem and find Jesus. Joseph was telling him about it at the end of the day as they sat on a low wall and watched the sun sink into the horizon. Gehaliel thought it would be good to encourage Joseph. You have a wonderful son in that boy, Joseph. Joseph's response was a little strange. He never does anything wrong. Gehaliel smiled and he, as he responded, Yes, he has always been a good son. No, Joseph replied, I mean he never ever does anything wrong. Well, yes, Gehaliel didn't know what he was expected to say. Joseph turned and stared at him for some time before he turned back and quietly but intently said, he's not mine, you know. The shock of this confession made Gehaliel's heart race. Mary had had an illegitimate son? Whose was it? It could not have been sin in her part. Not Mary. Was it a Roman soldier? This was certainly not unheard of. Gehaliel's face burned in anger. He felt Joseph's eyes in him. Why did he just sit there? Couldn't he say something? So, I mean, well, what do you mean? 
He is God's son. Gehaliel felt like knocking Joseph over in all his relief. Joseph thought, like any good Jewish father, his firstborn son belonged to God, not to him. Joseph, you gave me quite a start. I thought you meant he wasn't, well, you know, I mean, uh, wasn't yours. Gehaliel realized, as he was expressing his relief, that he could very easily offend his friend. It was no small thing to even pretend infidelity of someone's wife. That is what I mean, Gehaliel. He stated it flatly. No emotion this time. Now, he could feel Joseph watching him. No studying him to see his response. Gehaliel didn't know where to look. He stared at the ground. He tried to look at his friend. Then this powerful but gentle man said something that made his toes tingle and his hair stand up. But it also made Gehaliel wonder if he lost his mind. I'm telling you, he is the son of God. Mary had relations with no one. The Holy Spirit conceived Jesus in her. The silence had seemed long before. This time it was an eternity. Gehaliel's mind raced. He tried to remember everything he could about Jesus, about Joseph, about Mary, about their other kids. And that's when it hit him. Joseph's relationship to Jesus was not like that with his other sons. It was like Gehaliel's relationship with his master's son. He stood up and wheeled to look Joseph straight in the eye. He saw it there. This was truth. The truth. He dropped to his knees and held his chest. He could hardly breathe. Joseph knelt beside him and put his hand on his shoulder. As Gehaliel instinctively looked into his face, he saw their understanding. Joseph was slowly nodding. You know, Joseph said. You believe. Now it was Gehaliel's turn to nod. and Then Joseph clutched him to his breast and embraced him as only men can embrace Joseph began to weep. Gehaliel knew that with he alone had Joseph entrusted this secret. He knew that Joseph had carried this burden, this truth, alone all his life. What kind of man was Joseph? What kind of man would you be under those circumstances? I mean, what kind of man does it take to be a dad, um, to raise a child, but to raise a child not his own? What kind of man does it take to be a husband to a woman with a child not his own? What kind of man can take a bad situation and turn it into a good situation? What kind of man can make a difference? Joseph, the one who raised Jesus, was a man who could make a difference. I'd like us to look at 13, we call them situations, in the life of Joseph and how he handled them. Not a lot, but together they give us a picture of this man's character. Perhaps we can learn from his example. Men, I'm not going to give you a lot of ways to implement these thoughts into your lives. That's your job. (laughs) I'll give you the raw material from the scriptures and you, you build the godly life from it. And ladies, well... You can come along for the ride. (laughs) You're much better than the average guy at adapting messages to your own use, so I'll trust you can do that today. But it's to the guys I'm going to start. So let's start where Matthew picks up the story. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way, where his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, 
resolved to divorce her quietly. Consider the heartache that he must have felt. How did he find out she was pregnant? Remember, Mary left to visit Elizabeth within days of her finding out she would bear God's son. When she came back, it wasn't long before she was found to be with child, obviously pregnant. Think of the blow to his ego and the turmoil in his mind. How did she get pregnant? Willingly or not? Remember, he doesn't know yet. It was, unfortunately, not unheard of for Jewish girls to be made pregnant by some Roman soldier. And she had just made a trip to and from Jerusalem on a very dangerous road. But, of course, people traveled with her. So someone would have known if this horror had happened to her, wouldn't they? Everyone would have understood if they had rushed the wedding. But they didn't. Does that mean she willingly submitted? He doesn't yet know it was the Holy Spirit. He could have gotten angry and struck out at Mary. But he didn't. Joseph chose compassion. Men, we need to express compassion. I think that's our first lesson. Even when our egos are on the line, especially maybe when our egos are on the line. There's an old saying that, that to choose to love is to choose to let a part of your heart go walking around outside of your body. You can't protect your heart that way. Somebody's going to make a mistake. And our hearts will be hurt. Our egos will be bruised. Will we choose compassion? Like Joseph. Matthew goes on, But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Mary saw an angel. Zechariah saw an angel. The shepherds saw lots of angels. Joseph had a dream. Uh, was he not spiritual enough to get an angel sent to him? I mean, really? Why does he have a dream with an angel? Well, I think it's actually the opposite. I think Joseph had significant spiritual maturity. I think Joseph had spiritual maturity. I think he was the right man for the job. I mean, think of it. How could he be sure of the truth? That this wasn't just wishful thinking in the form of a dream? Later we discover that Joseph is careful to follow God's instructions in the Scriptures. Very careful. In other words, he had carefully read and studied the Scriptures. Now certainly this was a special time with very special circumstances. And it was also before the New Testament was written or the Holy Spirit was given. But the truth is that in some ways this makes the faith of Joseph even more impressive. So what does this say to us? Well, we as men of God certainly need to study God's word carefully so that we know how to behave. But then we must be willing to do what the scriptures say. <laughs> No matter how crazy it might sound. 
Everybody else may cheat in their taxes, but we don't get to. And I'm sure there are some more personal issues in your life you can think of. I mean, we all have them. So let's just have faith in God, read His Word, and be faithful to His Word in what we do. Which is what Joseph did. Joseph lived out God's instructions. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son. Do you think he still had doubts? <laughs> yeah, probably. Certainly, I'm not sure. But he still did what God told him to do. Did he endure criticism? Let's see. Engagements lasted for a year. Theirs didn't. Marriage ceremonies lasted a week. They didn't have one. Uh, yeah, certainly he was criticized, but he still did the job. And then there's this. Well, men, when men contemplate marriage, uh, they have certain expectations, <laughs> like physical expectations. And I'm sure before all this happened, that Joseph had this as well. In this he did not get. But he did what he was supposed to do. Obviously, exercising considerable restraint. He didn't know her until after Jesus was born. But he did what he was supposed to do. In this life, we all have to exercise restraint at all times. And the area of sexuality is a major one. So, how well do we do today? With all this... Joseph also had to keep quiet about the truth and bear the burden alone. But still, he did right. He did his job. Because he was the right man for the job. And before we get too far in this effort, let's stop for those who might be saying, well, all this stuff is pretty past for me. You know, I'm old. And, you know, got a little snow on the roof. Or a lot. Not much at all. But talk to those who are younger. Men in their teens and in their twenties. They will listen. Well, none of those young kids have come up and asked me anything lately. <laughs> okay, who's the mature one here? Let's <laughs> get out there and do it. Besides, unlike when it was 50 or even 20 years ago, the young are more willing to listen. Anxious to listen to those of us who've made a <clears throat> few more circles around the sun. I mean, was Abraham too old? How about John the Baptist's dad, Zachariah? Was he too old? And I think, candidly, if you haven't given some sort of life advice to a younger man in the last 90 days, I think you're probably failing as a mature Christian man. I think you need to get to it. So get up, get out, live your life in such a way that young men ask you, why do you live the life you live? And talk to them. They will listen. The historian Luke gives us another insight into the character of our man of the hour. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. Okay, on the one hand, ah, blessed anonymity. <laughs> they don't know. Nobody knew the circumstances. They could just tell the truth. They are husband and very pregnant wife without giving any more details? <laughs> On the other hand, it must have seemed odd to be forced to do this. You know, what's the deal, God? <laughs> I 
all outside influences are still by God's design. He even uses things done by those who intend evil. Trust me, Rome did not intend good. They intended evil. But God used that to carry out his plan. No matter how difficult it was for his family, Joseph took responsibility. How do we do? God, I don't want to keep this awful job. We do. Because we're responsible for our family. Lord, why does my kid have to be the one with the learning disability? Well, we help him learn. Father, it's just not right that my wife has cancer. But we stay all the way through it. The right man for the job does whatever it takes to care for his family. When you talk about a difficult task, Joseph had to help with the birth of Jesus. <laughs> and while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. There were no hospitals then. In many cases like this, there was no one else. Men helped deliver the babies their wives bore. So a wife he's never touched, a child that was not his own, but he did the job. It's about being involved. I watched a reality TV show where a famous woman and her family takes another famous woman and her family out camping. All told, 12 kids. At one point in the show, the host mom goes searching for her husband and finds him off by himself fishing. Aren't you going to be a part of this time together? I mean, the look in his face made it clear. What? <laughs> Why would I, when I could be off doing my own thing? Now, I, I suspicion there were some special circumstances, but I'm sorry, that's wrong. Twelve kids, he walks off. And we need as dads and grandfathers and uncles and just friends to be deeply involved in the lives of our families. Joseph was involved with his family. Did you ever wonder what Joseph expected when Jesus was born? It's a son of God. You know, I really wonder if he thought Jesus would be glowing when he came out. I, I really, I mean, I, I, the one I really wonder is, did he think Jesus would be born and then say, oh, thanks, Joseph, for helping that. I got it now. Go ahead. It's all right now. I mean, because, you know, you got an adult. He's just son of God, right? He can't. What he actually got was a baby. <laughs> a regular baby. The person of the son of God, but a regular baby. And it's part of the lesson, too. It might seem hard to do great things when all you have to work with is so... Ordinary. But we still need to do the right job. <laughs> we have to be the right man for the job. For instance, Joseph had to find a place for them to stay, somewhere safe for the new baby. So he laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. <laughs> Joseph, the great provider, <laughs> let's get a stable for my wife to birth her child in. Yeah, that's good. Did he regard himself as a failure? Maybe, but still Joseph provided for his family. You ever done your best, but it wasn't good enough? Yeah. It's hard to keep doing the job, isn't it? But we must. We cannot falter simply because we fail. 
Joseph did not. And as he was doing his job, Joseph was gracious to the lowly. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. When they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. Shepherds. Dirty. Stinking of sheep. And worse, probably hadn't had a bath in weeks. And yet Joseph was gracious to them. He didn't get some superior attitude like he was better than they were. None of them could do anything for Joseph and his family. Nothing. And he wasn't going to get anything for his good behavior. But it's part of the job of a man to be gracious to the lowly. And Joseph was the right man for that job, too. As Luke continues, we discover this. Joseph could be trusted to follow God's instructions. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Jesus was short for Jehoshua or Yahushua, the salvation of Yahweh. And the name was common enough. But this was still an oddity. There is a Joshua, another derivative of Jehoshua, in Mary's line, but nothing like Jesus in the one listed by Matthew for Joseph. The dads at that time were supposed to name their boys after someone in their family, especially their firstborn, but Joseph didn't. He was faithful to God's word and named him Jesus. If there wasn't enough talk, already there would be now. Sometimes it's hard to do the job the way God wants the job done. When our son Aaron was about 15, his mom wanted some big old rocks for the garden. Big things. So we decided to make an adventure out of it. We drove our little pickup up to the hills and find some rocks. And I know it would have been easier and probably cheaper to buy them. But one, I didn't know that. And besides, we grew up doing things ourselves. And I find that a hard habit to break. Anyway, after driving around for a couple hours, we head towards some cliffs and suddenly the road is blocked by a whole pile of big rocks. I mean, they looked pretty good. So I backed the truck around and we started to heft those rocks into the truck and I was in pretty good shape then. <clears throat> and Aaron was a strong 15-year-old, but even with the big lumber we, that I made ramps out of to get those up, we'd worked up a sweat. I mean, like an hour, we were sorting through rocks and pulling these rocks up. It was just a, it's a huge amount of work. Just the right monster rocks. You know, we were ready. And just about the time I was feeling really good, I thought about how Becky loved these rocks, that's when this guy shows up. Hi there. What you doing? Well, he said it kind of nonchalant. So I, so I explained it, and he stood there watching us load the last rock in the truck. And actually, he leans over the side of the pickup and waves his hand to the rocks. These all belong to the warehouser company. <sighs> we put them here because a group of local college kids were driving up here to have their parties and they were leaving these huge messes behind. So my son Aaron, immediately, the guy finishes and immediately says, well, guess we better get them back out of the truck and put them back where they belong then. And that was exactly the right thing to do. I was very proud of him. I wish I could tell you that his dad was thinking the same thing. <laughs> but the truth is, I was trying to figure out how to keep those rocks. 
Sometimes it's hard to do the right thing. I didn't want to do the right thing. What I knew were God's instructions. But it's always important as men to live life according to God's rules. Joseph did. Joseph demonstrated his spiritual maturity in another way. Joseph hosted the rich with grace. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother. And they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasure, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. You know, certainly this must have been hard for a carpenter. I'm sure he was much more comfortable in the shop than in palaces or with people who frequented castles. I think this is harder than dealing with people who are lower in status, say, like shepherds. He could have let his ego get him. Oh, you rich guys with your fancy gift. What a bunch of show-offs. <laughs> Pretty easy for guys to get you know, loud and proud around people obviously more successful than us. And certainly we've all fought off jealousy or, <clears throat> well, didn't fight it off so well. <laughs> but his dads or granddads are simply men of God. We need to do this right as well. Can we be gracious with those who are doing better than us? With money or in education or in social standing? Can we be gracious when that person who is better is the one to whom we are married? You know, that's a tough one. So let's do that right, man. No matter what God calls us to do. Now here's a hard one. Joseph was willing to leave everything. And when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt. He has another dream. And then he gave up his life and Mary's for Jesus as he brought Jesus safely to Egypt. Could we leave everything if God told us to? Sometimes that's the job we must do for our families. But what if it doesn't mean leaving some place or possession? What if it's leaving something we love to do? Some way we live our lives. And we find that the Bible says, no, you can't live like that. Or the Spirit impresses on us that that's not the best way to live our lives. Will we submit to God, leave our old lives, and change? Joseph did. And for the most part, he did it alone. Most of these things he had to shoulder on his own. We have to remember that God's not going to ask us why other men didn't make us do right. (laughs) He's going to praise us for doing right. Or ask us why we didn't. No matter what other men did. Joseph did it right and spent some time in Egypt. But when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Rise, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the child's life are dead. And he rose and took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea in the place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there and being, and being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. And he went and lived in a city called Nazareth, 
that what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled, he shall be called a Nazarene. Did you notice in that last one that Joseph figured it out on his own before he had his last dream? God confirmed it in a dream. Joseph has reached full maturity. This is where he needed to be. This is where we need to be. Where we figure out what God wants us to do without having to be told. Not where people have to come and correct us. So Joseph was ready. He did what God needed, going to Nazareth without having to have special instructions. He could be the right man for the job on his own. And now, we got to speak of the most dangerous time in our lives. The most dangerous time in Joseph's life. Joseph's life gets normal. And when they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee to their own town of Nazareth, and the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Joseph went back to work. He started raising Jesus. They had other kids. They went to church. Life got so normal, they forgot they were on a mission for God. Even while they were living out their faith. Now, his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of the the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to custom. They lived just like everyone else. Not so much maybe because they believed, but according to custom. We live according to custom. Just like everybody expects us to. There's nothing more dangerous than day-to-day life. We can so easily forget that we are destined for eternal life. We become so involved with our jobs that we forget this work is God's work, not ours. Could it be that we forget that those kids we see every day are not really our kids? They're God's kids. Are we pointing them toward eternal life as we are supposed to? Do we remember in our day-to-day living that our wives will live forever? Have we forgotten how important she is to God, her father? We will not always be her husband. Have we forgotten not just why we serve God, but that we serve him at all? Joseph started to. But Jesus knew who he was, why he was here. So Jesus shook up their lives so that they wouldn't forget. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it, but supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey, but then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. When they could not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. They were so sure they had it right. (laughs) But when things went like they were supposed to be, Mary and Joseph were distressed. Please note, Joseph was devoted to God's service, but he forgot God's son lived under his roof. Joseph knew Jesus could be trusted to be on his own, even at 12 years of age. 
But he forgot who Jesus is. Joseph cared deeply. He searched long and hard to find Jesus. Why didn't he know where Jesus would be? He's the Son of God. Where else is he going to be? God had to pull Joseph up short and remind him of the real life for which he was preparing. Are we preparing for the right life? Are we so caught up in this life we've forgotten that we are citizens of heaven? I mean, nice cars, nice homes, nice furniture, good kids, good clothes, good jobs, 401ks. <laughs> so we can have a nice retirement. Why? This world is not where our real lives will be lived. It's important. But this world, this life, is important precisely because it is where we prepare for the real life to come. We need to live our lives and we should enjoy them. But let us, as men of God, not forget the purpose of this life. The reason we should enjoy it. Joseph may have momentarily forgotten, but Jesus, even though he lived a regular day-to-day life, never forgot. He certainly didn't when he began his ministry. Some men father children physically and then figure their job's done. Same way some people see Jesus. They worship the babe in the manger. But that's it. Men, let's not stop at the cradle or anywhere along the path. Let's move beyond to the cross, through the burial, through the resurrection, to the ascension, and beyond that to the promise the ascension gives. Jesus will come back and give us a new life, perfect, eternal, real. Joseph fades from history before Jesus begins his ministry. You know what? That's okay. He didn't mind. I'm sure of it. He'd done his job. Now it's time for Jesus to come to the fore. Are we willing to fade out of the picture so that Jesus can be first in the life of our kids, of our wives, of our friends? If we live as Joseph lived... This part's easy. Joseph had the most difficult fathering job of any man that ever lived. An imperfect man raising a perfect son. The son. He learned to do it well because he learned to keep his eyes on eternity. We need to live like we're going to live forever then we can be the right person for the job that Jesus has for us. Here's an extra lesson from Jesus' life. A 14th point. We all know Jesus loved the whole world. But in what way? Jesus called them to him and said to them, You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them, but it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. And to give his life as a ransom for many. Lots of men are ready to die for their families. (laughs) But are they ready to live 
for their families. To give their lives in service for their families. What Joseph did, that's what men of character do. That's what the right man for the job does. What Jesus did, is it what you will do? Will me be the right man for the job? Father, huh, what a lesson. Can't wait for that day when we actually get to meet Joseph. I'm sure he'll put everything down and say it wasn't anything but, but a man. What a difficult job. <laughs> wow. Our jobs may not be that tough, but they're the ones you gave us. And I'm sure sometimes you're going to push every last one of us right to the edge so that we know where we are. (laughs) Help us to learn. Help us to learn to follow you. Help us to learn to study your word. Help us to learn to care as you care, as your son cared for us. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.